Welcome, welcome to Cloud Conversations. Peter Rising here with my good friend, Rue Campbell, on what's a very windy day in the northeast of England. It's uh, tail end of a storm here. I don't know if you've got that up in uh, in your parts, Rue. How's things? I do. It woke me up at about half past five this morning. So I, yeah. uh, if I fall asleep halfway through the podcast, don't take it personally, Dwayne. It was just uh, it was a rough <laughs> night. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and also I'll apologize in advance if you hear any thunder and cluttering it's probably my garden getting torn to bits but uh, mm. anywho we'll focus on the show and mm. i'll uh, i'll introduce our guest or at least i'll try to uh i'll try to introduce you because i'm going to run out of things i'm going to exhaust my vocabulary because you're a senior product manager a ceissp an mvp an mct regional lead you have a master's uh and you get more microsoft certs than I think uh, probably myself and Peter combined. Uh, so, Dwayne Natwick, welcome to Cloud Conversations. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks, Rue. Thanks, Peter. Appreciate you having me. Good stuff. No, no, it was, uh, you know, a whole bunch of stuff to talk about today uh, and a number of reasons we wanted to have you on the show. I guess the first one of those is, uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about your upcoming book, right? Uh, so you're, you're, I guess, currently in the process of finalizing uh, a book, an exam reference for the SC300 exam. Uh, do you want to tell folks a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, yeah. I had the uh, had the privilege to be asked uh, by Pact Publishing to uh, to write the SC300, the Identity and Access Administrator exam guide. So, uh, been about uh, probably close to a year in progress writing that one because I was also I've also been uh, concurrently writing the. Uh, SCI fundamentals exam guide as well for them. Uh, but I finished up in December uh, with all of the content and uh, and now it's uh, it's gone through its final final blessings through uh, through the publisher and uh, and is in I believe it's kind of in its final like stages of publications, but it's due out uh, I think uh, April April 11th time frame, I believe, but it's available. Available for pre-order on Kindle and and paperback uh, on Amazon and on Pack Publishing right now. Uh, awesome, Pact are a great uh, company to work with. I've worked with them, fortunately myself, on on two titles. Uh, how have you found uh, working with them and the and the experience of uh, of writing an exam guide? Uh, you say it's you've been working a good year on it, which I can totally believe. I, I had similar timeframes on my first title um and then i co-authored a second one which really made things easier i'm not sure i'd write one on my own again to due to the effort involved how's that been for mm -hmm. you though it's been a great process actually i mean you know the the team i've uh, i've luckily had the same team doing both of my books so i've been working with the same people rather than separate people and they've done a very you know just a really good job of getting uh you know getting the um any of the adjustments after writing, you know, after the first couple chapters of getting an understanding of their style guide and everything like that. Uh, it's been mm -hmm. pretty, pretty seamless. You know, I'll get uh, sent back from them a couple of, of new, a nope, couple of new, uh, let's see here. Hold on. It sounds like my video froze on me a little bit. There we go. There you go. Oh, there back we go. Action. We're back. We're back. I'm yeah, having a little, little problems lately with the X split. Uh, vcam a little bit with my that it's freezing a little bit but yeah so after i got the um after i got the first couple chapters under my belt 
you know, there's usually generally only a couple comments. Um, and my uh, technical team, I've, I've uh, the technical t- review team has come back with very minimal stuff. So generally, I'm pretty, pretty, uh, pretty rolling, rolling through pretty good on the uh, on the chapters. So, um, yeah, you know, and, and the exercises. So it's been been really fun. Been a really great experience. When you were uh, writing the book, uh, and I guess maybe before writing the book and actually studying for the exam yourself, how much of the stuff is kind of uh, like, is it all stuff that you're very familiar with or do you go through a learning process yourself as you're uh, authoring a book? You know, you know, this one was, this one was kind of cool. You know, I, I do a lot of talks around identity and authentication and security. Um, this one, this one got me a little bit, uh, a little bit further beyond my beyond my knowledge base because my knowledge base was really around Azure infrastructure and uh, and you know a little bit more around you know data protection in Microsoft 365 and you know mm-hmm. so so getting especially when I got into the app the application proxy and the single sign on stuff that really took me took me another mm-hmm. step in my learning process of of understanding it and you know and one of the things that that really um, got me, you know, it on the exam. Um, I, you know, I took the beta and didn't pass the beta, and then got through it when it came out in uh, in public uh, public availability. Uh, was was entitlements? There's a lot on entitlements Whoa. on that exam, and I had never exposed myself to them before, <laughs> so I was really caught by surprise because uh, by how much that was in there. Uh, so. Um, so yeah, so it, it it took me through my you know I I passed the exam well you know when I was early on in the book, but I actually taught the class probably right when it came out. You know, looks mm. like my camera froze again. Yeah, um, I was going to say it, but yeah, no, you're switch off here. Let's let's just sure. go. Go without, well you go do without the fancy background. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. Yeah, blue <laughs> yeah, background. That's, that's good enough. So um, we have. So yeah, the. Have, uh, we have no production the, um, values on this show, so don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I so I taught the exam like right when right when it came out of general availability. So I taught I taught the course, um, and that got me you know got me understanding those things a lot better as well. So uh, so yeah, it was uh, you know definitely a learning experience. I know a whole bunch more a deep dive around identity access management mm. beyond just you know hybrid synchronization with it, Azure AD connect and, and those type of things, you know, really getting into mm. the application stuff was really cool because mm. I hadn't, hadn't done a whole lot on that one. Yeah. Mm. You're right. Hey. On you go, Pete. It's a great, go on here. <laughs> it's a great, I was just going to say, it's a great way to enforce learning uh, on subjects that you maybe is not quite as comfortable with. I certainly had that in my experience in writing my first title, which was, MS 500 security administration book um, and the first edition uh, it came out and then very shortly afterwards shortly after it came out the exam outline changed Microsoft changed it up which which they do and they added in content on what was then Azure Sentinels now Microsoft Sentinel I mm-hmm. didn't know a thing about Sentinel uh, I'm to this day I'm still far from being an expert in it shall we say I can f- get my head around it but I had to go back and add a chapter on sentinel very very quickly um to 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 cover the changes in the outline and um so it was it was very very what was good with the with with that exam the the 500 is that it's a very broad coverage of security administration whereas the titles Mm -hmm. you're um, working on 
here are, are, are definitely more um, granular into specific technologies within security, aren't they? So um, I know there's other titles in this SC uh, series coming out, and we are actually going to be talking to the authors of um, one of the sister books on an upcoming show. I think the SC400 potentially, which I think is information oh, yeah. protection. So what yeah. led you to... What, were you asked specifically to do this one, or is this one you chose, or is this your sort of favorite area within security, compliance, and identity? Um, I, they reached. Uh, they did reach out to me on uh, on LinkedIn uh, about you know looking for an author for that one mm -hmm. um, specifically. Maybe it probably was around. It was probably was around the time I posted my badge. I would I would say because it was around around you know spring, early you know late spring time. Uh, that they reached mm -hmm. out to me, so it was probably when I when I put the badge up. Uh, you know, I was probably and I was doing some mm -hmm. security talks at the time. I was doing I was posting some YouTube videos around security and things like at the at the time. So, uh, so I believe that's where it came about. And then, and then they asked me they asked me actually if I knew anybody to write the SC four hundred and the uh, and the SC nine hundred. Cool. I'm like, I want to write the SC nine hundred. They're like, Well, we really don't <laughs> want to do two books at the same time. I'm like, ah, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> So I so I took on both of those and and uh, and then did recommend recommend uh, recommended uh, Shabazz for that uh, for awesome. that SC four hundred as well. So uh, so cool. got him and got him involved in that. So so yeah, they yeah. It started on on link on a LinkedIn conversation and so uh, so yeah, that's exactly how it how it progressed. Awesome. And I'll, I'll pick <clears> up on something you mentioned there about. Uh, you know, the entitled management, really all the identity governance stuff and even application proxy, it's uh, there's a lot more to Azure AD than might appear at the surface. You know, you start, mm -hmm. most businesses will start with Azure AD Connect, use it for SSO to Office 365, but then you just look a little bit under the hood and there was a ton of stuff, right, to make mm -hmm. things a little bit easier. <laughs> uh, and I, I guess yeah. it's particularly one of the, it, when, when I first started working with application proxy in particular, it was just mind blowing. I thought it was so cool how you could just take these on-prem apps, publish them, mm. you get conditional access, you get SSO, and you don't even need a DMZ. It's just you mm -hmm. know a nice little agent, basically. Really cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, just getting it all getting it all migrated into Azure AD and kind of get get away from the reliability on the on the on-premises Active Directory. Yeah, yeah, spot on. And I remember seeing something quite interesting uh, that was, I think it was on Tech Community, someone from the identity team at Microsoft posted an article and in that they said that, uh, how would you describe this? I guess pound for pound, buck for buck, uh, application proxy is, is actually one of the best value things you can get because it's that lower level of Azure AD premium licensing. But in mm -hmm. terms of the cost, that it costs Microsoft to funnel all those proxies, manage all that traffic, it costs them quite a lot more than you might actually anticipate, right? Mm -hmm. So if anyone does have Azure AD Premium P1, it's a nice little value proposition, right? And you can squeeze your money's worth, which I always like. Yeah, always good. <laughs> always good to get a higher TCO, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, spot on, spot on. <laughs> Uh, and if yeah, we've got to give Microsoft credit for that, though, haven't we? Because yeah, totally. we, we as uh, as MVPs, were always giving them a hard time about certain things. Most most recently, my bugbears teams DLP being an E5. But um, you're quite right, Rue, to point that out. That um, 
the value of that being in the lower tier of Azure AD Premium is is, is absolutely wonderful considering the capabilities that it that it possesses. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yep, you get it on you. You know, you even get it on the business premium skew, which is mm. very very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, so I guess if I think about, you know, I, I mentioned when I introduced you, Dwayne, you've got more Microsoft certs than uh, I could really have time to list on the show. Uh, what, it, as far as folks, you know, some folks kind of sit on the edge and uh, they might study for the exams and use the material, but then they don't make that jump and actually take the exam. I guess what what's your thoughts on the value of actually having those certifications? Is it worth it? Is it good enough just to do the studying? What's your position there? I mean, it it gives you it gives you credibility uh, for one, you know for one with your with your employer. You know, a lot of employers I think are you know they're they've got value, and I've written a couple of blogs about this exact exact topic. You know, is it valuable to your organization, and what what's in it for me? Uh, you know, kind of both both sides of the of the um, of the spectrum. Because as an org as a company and with your company. You know, the more certifications you take, the the be- the better their partner relationship becomes. You know, they can mm-hmm. get more advanced specialties and things like that. Um, you know, for you know, and you know, and as well, you know, as well as competencies that go, you know, with their Microsoft Partner badge. So, so if an if an employer, if your employer is, you know, and, and your partner manager, or alliance manager for Microsoft is doing their due diligence, they should be building in some sort of, of compensatory plan, you know, to employees to get certifications. And, you know, so the good ones are doing that, that, you know, you get, a, you get your certification, they'll reimburse you for the test and, you know, give you, give you training. The company I'm with right now actually does, you know, you know, has a, you know, a cloud guru and Coursera licenses that they, they give you and give you access to courses and things like that, as well as they're an ESI part, you know, they, uh, they participate in the Microsoft ESI program for discounts on on exams and things with Microsoft. So, so they, uh, so you know, they they understand that that importance to the organization. To you, you know, if you're looking for a position, the fact that you have these, you know, associate and expert level certification shows that you've put some time in training and studying to, you know, and done some, and done at least a level of hands-on because, you know, you should have a level of hands-on just doing Microsoft learn content generally isn't enough to pass an associate or a expert level exam. It's usually good enough for fundamentals is what I always tell people. You could probably go through the learn content and pass a fundamentals exam. But once you get the associate, you got to get into the, into Microsoft 365 and into, into Azure to be able to, uh, to really grasp the concepts, you know, um, mm. you know, just like I was saying with my book, you know, application proxy and everything, just getting in and writing the exercises helped me learn more about that, about those things. And same thing with entitlement management and helps me teach the classes better. But, uh, but the, you know, th- those, those, that's kind of the two, the to- twofold. And, you know, before you go to look at a certification, you know, you should, you know, you know, if you're, you know, with your current employer, find out what, you know, what benefits they give you to, uh, to that, you know, um, and what they can, you know, what what they provide, you know, do they pro- have have vouchers uh, available for the exams, or you know, or using the ESI program to get discounted exams and discounted course course materials, you know, do they uh, you know, do they have a subscription to a learning, you know, to a learning partner or to a on demand course 
to do your studying that you know can help you you know like a cloud guru has their own cloud sandbox that they give you when you take a class so uh so you have you know have those capabilities to get that hands-on work as well um so that brings credibility then to you to you as a professional you know posting those badges on on linkedin and everything like that uh, and then, you know, as well as it's helping your employer. So don't get, don't, don't forget, you know, and I think a lot of people forget that when they think about getting an exam, they're thinking about it, you know, on a personal level, on their own level, but there is a benefit that you bring to your company as well by getting these, uh, getting these certifications. And so, you know, so there's, you know, there's a quid pro quo that goes there, so to speak. Mm. Yep. Yep. For, totally. me, for me, I have a lot of these and continue to get these as a Microsoft certified trainer, getting, you know, I, it allowed me to teach more of the classes. So, uh, so, uh, but you know, it benefit it, you know, it has benefited me in a couple of positions that I've, uh, that I've, uh, had even in product management, just mm. understanding that, Hey, I've got my architect expert certs and, uh, you know, and, and the administration certs to, you know, so managing the cloud products and services of an organization, I know what I'm, I, you know, I understand what goes into that and I can talk to engineers on a, on a technical, more technical level than probably a lot of product managers can. And you, you mentioned how, uh, well, you, like we know that, uh, you know, you're not just authoring the books on the exams. You're not just taking exams yourself. Uh, you're also training folks, right? And you're an MCT, you're a regional lead. In fact, how did you uh, make that leap from being on one end of the, teaching fence to the other and being the guy that's actually educating folks um i a few years a few years back i was uh you know i've always been one that has enjoyed you know i even back you know 20 30 years ago i would i was working with a technology distrib distributor company and i would we would hire and and our role was always hiring people in uh right out of college it was it, you know it wasn't you know to find somebody that knew you know Tel, uh, telecom and networking technologies. They, you know, we hired people right out of college that, you know, had a business degree. <laughs> that was it. That was their, that was really the requirement. And then, so, so I was training people, you know, back when, you know, in my mid twenties to understand, you know, what a punch block was to put ethernet cable on and, and, and how, how a, how a network, how a network went together and how a phone system went together so that we could sell, you know, the phone systems and the switches and then all the cabling and connective and patch panels and all of that. I took them through that whole process from being a, you know, being a novice to at least being able to have a conversation with, with a customer that came in that was usually, you know, usually a, you know, a cabling technician or a phone system, you know, phone system guy coming in to, uh, you know, to get, to get materials, you know, what, and, you know, it's mm -hmm. kind of like that whole, uh, you know, if, the more, you know, uh, in, in that, in that, uh, spot, you know, it's kind of like almost like a fast food, you know, fast food company that's, you know, upselling, okay, do you need fries with that? You know, it was always, you know, Oh yeah, you're buying some cable. Do you need, do you need, uh, any patch cords or punch cables, you know, punch, right. mm -hmm. punch blocks for that things like that, you know? Uh, so, <laughs> Uh, so I've kind of, you know, kind of always liked doing that level of teaching and, uh, and I was, uh, I saw, you know, within a company I was with a few years ago, um, saw kind of the writing in the wall that there was going to be a big seed change in their marketing and product department. And 
I started getting my certifications. And as I started getting my certifications, no, you know, thought about the, the MCT program and started looking into that. I'm like, Oh, well, this would be, this would be good to, you know, to kind of, you know, if, you know, maybe I can, uh, if I, if I don't, you know, I knew that probably I was about to get, get laid off there, you know? And so I looked at, you know, well, if, if not, maybe I can uh, freelance in a little bit of, of training to make some money if I don't find a job right away kind of thing. Um, and so, uh, so I got my MCT, uh, you know, it, it helped me actually in the job that I, that I got, I started helping and training internally, uh, a lot of our engineers to help again, build up our Azure competencies within the company, you know, within our partnership. That was exactly what I was doing as a, as a product manager, I was actually running, you know, and getting our, our guy, our guys and gals, uh, that are, that were our cloud and that were our engineers. Uh, we did a lot of more, our own internal hosting for companies and wasn't doing a whole lot of cloud at the time, getting them more educated on Azure, getting our competencies higher, getting people Azure admins and Azure architects and, uh, and really enjoyed it. And, you know, about a year later, I ended up catching on with a, with a learning partner and spent a year and a half actually doing that full time. So. Nice. So yeah, it was fun. So yeah, it was just it was just something that I uh, you know I love I, I always love teaching and doing the training aspect yeah. of you know even when we rolled out roll out mm -hmm. you know new products and services just training on that and and always been kind of a, a tech head I you know even even when I was in like a pre sales role I had had somebody one time say I was I was a propeller head with a personality so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's that, that's kind of a double. I don't know. It's kind of a backhanded compliment. One of those backhanded compliments. Yeah, I think. But, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, t I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> I get because one of the things is that you that kind of extends because I know that you do uh, you do a lot of work on uh, YouTube and getting folks right in the door because you you run uh, I guess a program called Azure Back to School. Um, mm -hmm. What what's that what's that about? So as you're back to school, I, I got kind of inspired by what um, what a couple you know fr uh, you know our MVP friends Gregor and uh, and Richard did with uh, mm. with their their tech their advent calendar. I, that was like what probably one of my first kind of MVP uh, you know well for me pre MVP uh, community uh, community events that I got involved in a few years ago, mm. uh, and then I then I did. Um, uh, uh, Thomas and Joe's uh, Azure Spring Clean also like right right behind that, and I'm like, you know, I started looking. I'm like, there's there's none of these events that really happen during the summertime. I know probably because most of us are are on holiday and and things like that. So, um, mm. so we uh, so I looked at uh, doing <clears throat> doing more. I'm having problems with my camera again. Gremlins. Like I said, we have no production values. It's probably contagious. <laughs> That's probably what oh, it is. I've been having yeah. weird. I've been having weird things happening with my camera lately. So I think yeah. it's me. We have um, something on every show, don't we? We have somebody whose audio is not so clear, or or a video <laughs> going wrong, or I quite often go pixely when my Wi-Fi signal drops. So <laughs> yeah, I was really bad quality the last show we did, and it turns out it's because I was uh, backing up my entire. NAS, my entire Synology was uploading to Azure, yeah. so uh, that will kill yeah. your upload speed. <laughs> what we can do, oh, though, if you can't get it back, back to win. Oh, what's that? Yeah, no. 
No worries. We can we can superimpose your your image over it if you can't get it back. We we did that once before. I think when Anna Chu lost. Oh, there you are. You're back. No, we had Anna, Anna Chu on the show, and she had the same issue, and yeah. um, she couldn't get her camera back, so we just superimposed her photo over on, uh, <laughs> on stag, that bit for, for, for the stream. But uh, yeah, it makes probably. it more real, doesn't it? It it, it really yeah, exactly, does. But, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Live television. Yeah. Absolutely. But <laughs> the MCT program is very interesting to me, though. And um, I I went through the program myself last year. I uh, um, became an MCT for a, for a year, and I ended up not renewing it because I, I felt that I wasn't. Um, acting in the spirit of the program i wasn't delivering any training i wasn't doing that as part of my job so i thought there's there's real trainers out there who were doing this and 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 doing it how it should be be done and um we had chris horde on the show god probably about a year ago now or cl close to i would say and he's a, a, a good another great example of what i perceive an mct um needs to be so and i asked him at the time i put it to him at the time is it is it too easy to get the the MCT certification uh, can any because it 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 felt like when I got it um, I, I applied for it I got somebody to vouch for me after that I expected to have to go through a bit more of a process to maybe do a test but then the next day congratulations your MCT and I thought wow okay so I was a bit surprised <laughs> what's your thoughts on that that's that's been a heated topic <laughs> on regional yeah. league calls yeah, over, the of, <laughs> over the course of the last year and a half or so because um, yeah microsoft like when i first became an mct and a lot of these guys that have been guys and gals that have been mcts for you know years and decades well beyond even me <clears throat> mm. there was you know there was a like 800 dollars fee that you had to pay more, mm. or, more or less so uh you know that kind of put some skin in the game for you so to speak yeah. and then and then when the pandemic hit because a lot of a lot of the MCTs that did on-site trainings their training their training pipeline uh you know dried up and you know mm -hmm. so the people that actually were doing this freelance for a living you know you know I think some you know some of them understandably fell on some hard times because because they you know because they were they were traveling all over doing in-person learning and it took it took a while for a few of the learning partners i think to catch up with virtual learning uh, the one that uh, obstility the one that i actually hired onto while i was in the pandemic uh was was one of those that did that did nothing but on-premises microsoft certified trainings mm. until the pandemic and they had to we, we had to shift hundred you know shift to hundred percent virtual now one of the things that they built at, at the time was they built a virtual learning platform a virtual conference platform on teams which we used as our learn which we used as our learning platform which was really helpful because it brought in you know a single pane of glass to go to you know be able to go to labs and and do all do all the training stuff that was necessary whiteboarding and anything you needed to do but it I think it took you know, a lot of learning partner companies that didn't do that online virtual a few, you know, a few months to catch up. And I think that hurt some of the MCT. So the, mm. so Microsoft, you know, very nicely, you know, waived the, uh, the admittance fee, but, uh, but there's a lot of, uh, a lot of communicate, you know, a lot of, uh, noise and kind of debate out there, whether people are doing it for the right reasons. So, you mm. know, so like, like you said, Peter, you, you went and got it and then didn't renew it. Cause you didn't think it, you didn't think you were doing justice by it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think the, 
the thought is that there are a lot of MCTs out there that are doing it just strictly for the benefits of being an MCT. Hmm. And so, so there is, uh, you know, there's, there's, like I said, heated discussions about how we go about kind of vetting, uh, vetting this out and making sure that, um, that the people that are, uh, our MCTs are doing legitimate training, that they're mm. training, you know, that they're, um, they're training in, in topics that they are experts in and they are a bit, a bit of, you know, able to train in, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, and that's, that's the thing. And that's, you know, that's some things that I've kind of evaluated myself as a, as a trainer. I'm like, you know, in terms of some of these certifications that I have, you know, I got them just more that I like to collect, uh, you know, I just wanted to learn more and learn more about technology and just started collecting certifications really. But, but I've evaluated <laughs> some of the certifications I had. I said, do I really need this? Am I ever going to train on it? Am I really an SME on this? And I let like, uh, you know, I had passed the data scientist exam. I let that expire in december and i'm now mm. up for my teams when i'm like do i i'm never taught i've never taught the ms 700 class i don't deal with teams you know besides interacting with it on a daily basis i don't get into administration of teams do i really need that one you know so i'm kind mm. of evaluating these a little bit more as i go about it as well of, <laughs> of what do i need and then those are two that i thought you know i'll probably you know i let the one expire i'll probably let the other one expire just because it's not a class that I'm going to mm -hmm. teach. It's not something that I want to be that I feel that I'm an SME on necessarily. I just mm -hmm. uh, managed to study for the study for the test and pass the, <laughs> pass the exam. You know, the other ones like all the security, all the security, the architect, the administrator, those are things that I'm in and I do and I talk about and I, I maintain my knowledge on on a daily basis. So so that so, you know so you know that's that's kind of my my thoughts around it and my thoughts around the mct program but we're you know hopefully we uh, and that that that's a big thing like i said uh putting more value on that mct program so it doesn't get watered yeah. down is hmm. is something and you know, i know you know chris is a fellow regional lead so he's on those calls with me so yeah uh, so we they we get very passionate on those calls it's rightly <laughs> so rightly and it's nice to hear that because i didn't feel like i'd earned it uh, and I wanted to earn it, and I went into it with good intentions. I thought this is maybe something that I would like to to do, to to teach, to to get into that. It was a, a a genuine interest in that direction, but that didn't pan out. And at the end of that, I thought exactly as you said there: Am I in a, Am I doing this? Am I qualified to do this? The answer is no. So I'm going to let it lapse. I'm not going to take um, the credentials of of people who are doing it in 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 good faith and are doing it properly. Um, so hopefully we can get it to a point where that's, um, <clears throat> it's more genuinely rewarded, shall we say. Uh, but there are so many good people. I mean, Chris, your good self, uh, we had Andy Malone on the show. He's another mm. one who, um, who, who, who teaches. Yeah. A lot, I've just been an MCT since the dawn of time. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you got exactly. you know, Ed, you know, Ed Baker, Diego Costa. Those are the sort of names you think aren't aren't there. Definitely agree. And so, if if folks are kind of interested in that, like if they if they maybe want to make that move from being you know like the the sysadmin to you know maybe they've got an inkling like they like teaching folks how to do stuff and they're looking at MCT and thinking hmm, that looks interesting. How do you start pursuing something like that? How would someone get the ball rolling? Well, there's a, there's an MX MS Docs um, page. Just you know, just 
you know, do your search, uh, your search engine to becoming an MCT and it'll take you to a docs page that steps you through all, you know, you need some level of, of associate or expert level certification. Just having fundamentals isn't the, isn't the, uh, doesn't cut it. And, uh, that's another conversation we've been having lately about, about in the, on the regional lead teams channel is, uh, is teaching fundamentals classes. What do you need to know? to teach fundamentals classes, you know, mm. you, you need more than just being a, being certified on fundamentals to go teach a fundamentals class. Yeah. So, um, Good point. But, uh, which, which, you know, which you, you don't, you don't qualify and you can't get your MCT without having a, some sort of associate level. But again, mm. does, you know, does somebody with an AI engineer, can they teach Azure fundamentals even, you know, things like that. So look, mm. we're kind of evaluating that and Microsoft worldwide learnings evaluating that as well. But, but it, you know, it does step you through the processes uh, right now, uh, like you were saying, Peter, yeah, you know, you you're required to teach a class within a year right now. And there's been, again, some conversations about change, you know, about what we what we can do about those requirements on an annual mm. basis. Um, yeah. And uh, and and if you have a metrics that matter uh, account tied to your MCT, it's a very easy renewal process because they just mm. grab grab what you've taught and you're. And your surveys right from there. If you if you don't, you know, they, they've been trying to push the using the metrics that matter over the last couple of years as as the as the only way to renew. But a lot of people just also do their own surveys like on forms and send a report to uh, to renew as well. I did that my first year, but then I used mm -hmm. metrics that matter. Um, and, you know, and if they want to get into training, there's there are a lot of learning partners that, out there that are always looking for freelance trainers. You know, so mm -hmm. if you want to teach a class, there's usually a, usually a company that uh, that can help you. And that's how I got got into Opsgility. I started teaching classes and they they needed a new cloud architect and and they you know offered me to come on full time. But but there are a lot of MVPs and MCTs out there that that do a lot of work for them and other other learning partners, uh, you know, mm -hmm. across, you know, over the year and and make, you know, you can, I've, I've found that you can make a pretty good pretty good living doing that you know if you find you know if you get get your network built up enough and who you want to uh who you want to teach for um mm. you know you could you know it's not that it's I, i've found that it's not that difficult to kind of you know once you break in you build a reputation as a good trainer uh you know everybody's everybody's in demand I, you know i've and i've been on both sides because when i was in opstility i was a lead uh, a lead for the technical team so i was helping to find trainers so i was reaching out to my to my virtual friends to say, Hey, can you teach this class and things like mm. that to try and find trainers for the company uh, for certain classes and so. So one of the things I was wondering as well is, uh, as I say this, the cat is currently tearing apart the desk. So if I disconnect, <laughs> that's why, but I get, you know, one of the things that, you know, because uh, it's interesting, you mentioned that, you know, when COVID hit, you had a lot of these folks and all of a sudden transform overnight, right. Then you go from in-person training to online training training and clearly one of the big changes as well over the last at least the, the last decade certainly accelerated in the last five is i guess free training online and platforms like youtube and things like that does if someone is using something like if you're putting out youtube videos and things is that sufficient to be an mct or do you have to have something a little bit more official yeah so one of the things about being about renewing your MCT is you have to have student feedback as part mm -hmm. of it. 
So, right. so you don't get that student feedback doing on demand videos. You have to do something right. online. You have to do, do a training online. So, so it has uh, to have so that yeah, interactivity, right. I guess. So yes, exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so that's a key thing, you know, so, um, you know, that's why I, you know, I still, still do some freelance, freelance trainings to keep, you know, it's kind of like, you know, kind of like any like sports, you know, you got to keep, keep the, uh, keep the uh, skills. You got to keep practicing the skills to keep going. So, mm -hmm. uh, so I still, uh, still do some of that to keep my MCT going, keep, uh, you know, keep on, on board. Uh, I'm actually doing a, um, doing a workshop with, with my current company, CloudReach the next couple, next couple weeks. And one of the, one of the things out of that is I'm offering uh, free fundamentals classes for some of the, you know, if, you know, if an organization, if a company that comes to attend wants to get their team at least taught in, you know, some, some level of cloud fundamentals, cause I could teach, uh, you know, every one of the fundamentals classes, uh, you know, offer, you know, offer an organization a free fundamentals class that gets mm -hmm. me to you know, teach in a class and, you know, I'll do, do a survey for that on my own and have them, have them survey it. And it gets into my, gets into my, mm -hmm. my timeline for my renewal. So, so what type of what type of people come to the fundamentals courses Dwayne? because uh, where i'm working right now one of the initiatives that we're trying to do is to get our our sales people more confident in talking about some of the technologies and those fundamentals uh, courses and exams are a really great way to get them that level of knowledge that they need to talk not too deep technical nature but enough to hold their own um mm -hmm. So is, are you finding sort of sales account professionals are coming on these sort of courses or, or is it mainly still the, the technical um, professionals who are, or a bit of a bit of a mixture? I, th I think a lot of times you get, you know, it's more the, the tech, the technical people gravitate more to the courses. Um, mm -hmm. I think because uh, just because, you know, we as technical people want to learn uh, salespeople are a little bit harder because, Oh, you know, I'm not making, I'm not, I'm not, hitting the phones i'm not you know i'm not yeah. talking to customers so i'm not building my pipeline it's a you know they see it a lot of times as a wasted day uh you know when right. when when doing that unfortunately but they need you know they need to do i i believe that anybody within the organization that's that's selling and and adopting you know microsoft 365 or azure should be going through those courses and 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 having you know and have and if they're a technology company that's selling technology should have that uh have that certification just you know have that badge uh, you know on their on their signature line because it just brings a little bit of credibility that at least you know i didn't just come into the company you know and mm -hmm. uh and i'm selling something i don't know anything about you know especially mm -hmm. Especially one thing around the Microsoft three, you know, if if you know if if you're selling and talking about modern work workplace and selling mm -hmm. Microsoft three sixty five, that that fundamentals course actually goes through some things around licensing that you know that is really difficult to understand without oh, really yeah. diving into <laughs> it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, so th those are those are some things that you know I always you know I think it's beneficial to any uh, salesperson. Uh, you know anybody that's that's in front of a customer to have at least that fundamentals knowledge uh, you know before they you know before they kind of get in front of a customer and start talking about it you know it's a good it's a starting point especially if they as they come into a company you know um, to uh, yeah. to have those and to 
go through yeah. those go through those courses and not just go through the Microsoft LearnCon. And again, back to what we were saying, going through and getting the badge and passing the exam shows you put some time into it. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know anybody can go through an on-demand course and play through it and get a certificate, a certificate of completion. But did you really pay attention? And the t- mm-hmm. exam shows that you really paid attention. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's kind of, it, I like that point. You know, you see it on the sales guy's signature and it does, it gives that kind of validity to what they're saying. They've got some credentials behind them. It shows they're putting the work in, right? You know, they're exactly. paying attention. They know what they're selling, hopefully. Uh, mm. It's about expectation management, right? The fundamentals courses, they're, you're not, you're not going to come out of them an expert, but it's, uh, you know, dipping your toes in the water across a whole bunch of stuff, isn't it? It is, exactly. I also like the point you mentioned how there's that question about, well, how much do you need to know before you can teach a fundamentals exam? Because I do remember, I remember uh, back when I was studying for my my CCNA uh, before I really did any Microsoft stuff. And honestly, the trainer, it, you know, it was kind of one of those instances where you feel like the guy teaching you is about five pages ahead of you in the training manual <laughs> you know it just and you couldn't really ask questions because of that you know uh not the best experience and i guess w- what is your position on that i mean do you have to be an expert to teach fundamentals intermediate what do you think about it um you know if you're teaching it to to salespeople, you probably don't need to be an expert. But if you're teaching it to technical people, you're going to get over your skis real quick. If you're not yeah. <laughs> at least somebody that's been through the administrator exam, my, you know, and the Azure administrator, um, yeah. that that's the thing. You know, it's it's going to depend. You know, it depends on your audience. If 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 your way to teach Azure fundamentals is you're teaching your your Microsoft 365 fundamentals, if you're teaching teaching salespeople, you could probably give them everything that they need, but you're going to get, you're going to get, like you said, you know, if you're only five pages ahead of the person that's taken the class, they're going to ask you a question that's going to, it's going to, it's going to really, uh, really knock your credibility down pretty quick. Yep. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> and so I, I guess, you know, as we kind of, uh, again, I, I don't want to keep you because before we started recording, you know, we were aware that, uh, you got family to look after and all that kind of stuff. So we won't keep you too long, but one of the things we always like to catch up with guests on is, you know, uh, just looking through your LinkedIn, you achieve so much and you're obviously so busy. You're authoring two books, for heaven's sake. Uh, how do you uh, switch off outside of IT? What do you use to keep busy with? And again, if you can hear any background noise, that is the cat tearing apart the printer. So I'll no, apologize no, no. If, if you can <laughs> hear anything. Any background noise, but but that, that'd be something really fun to have on video, I think. Yeah, I know. I'll get my phone out. Uh, I don't blame her. I hate rather, rather, rather than rather than me because my video just does not want to cooperate this morning. Uh, so, um, uh, so yeah. So, um, uh, so what was? I'm sorry, Rue. I lost lost uh, lost track of what your yeah, question was. Me too. Too busy taking her anger out in print. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what do you do in your in your free time? Yeah. Oh, my free time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Free yeah. Time. What, what is that? Um, exactly. No, I, I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> Uh, you know, if, if you ask my wife, it would be, I watch sports 24 seven. <laughs> that's about everything that's on the television. Um, I do, you know, this time of year, um, you know, my, uh, my son, uh, my youngest, uh, plays basketball. So I'm an assistant coach on his basketball team. I really enjoy it. You know, and I've always kind of done that with all my kids, uh, volunteered to, to coach their teams and things. Um, 
And even for, even for my daughter, one of the things that I was doing for her, I, you know, when she was, in, she was in theater and choir and I helped with the website for that, you know, for the choir and the theater program while she was in high school. So, uh, so I keep myself busy. Usually it's something that has to do with my kids. So, you know, just to keep that, keep that family time going, um, you know, and I don't, you know, I, I generally, I'll spend some time like in mornings and things like that with the books and stuff like that. I get up rather early to get kids off, get kids off to school, get the kids off to school and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I know Peter and I have had some conversations about, you know, about some of our challenges with a couple of our kids. Uh, um, you know, I have a, I have an older, an older son that's on the, uh, that's, uh, uh, you know, what we, what you would call, I guess, neurodiverse and he's an adult mm-hmm. ed, he's an adult ed program. So he still gets up early to go to that, uh, that adult transition program every morning. So I'm up at like five. I'm, I'm up at the time that the storm woke you up this morning, Rue. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm up, up, up 5.30 in the morning on weekdays. And I, then I use, use that time before work to, to do writing. Um, you know, it's kind of what got me involved really community-wise. I, you know, I do a lot more community stuff for, for like the UK because you know, your like afternoon stuff and evening stuff fits in earlier in my day. So I don't have to do right. after work stuff for the community. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think I've got, you know, I, I've got a, I've built a pretty big network with, uh, with all of you in the, in the UK being in the US just because I, uh, just because that works better with, with my time because I prefer doing stuff earlier in the morning, you know, than, than later in the night because, because then it, you know, it doesn't give me time to decompress. Uh, and you know, those of you, you know, you know, being an MVP, your time, your time gets, gets grabbed by a lot of people. Mm. Once, (laughs) once you get that, you know, once you get that reputation that, uh, that you're willing to speak and things like that. So, so I try to keep, I do try to keep a lot of, you know, try not to do too many things like after work, uh, Mm. just to continue to be available to my family and things like that. And, you know, like I said, I'll do, I'll do some writing and stuff on the weekends and things if, uh, if need be, but, um, you know, that's sometimes while the TV, while I'm watching sports and, and doing things, uh, you know, watching, watching that with my kids and like mm-hmm. I said, doing, uh, you know, basketball's morning, morning time. So by noon, I'm done with done with some of those responsibilities as well. Mm-hmm. Is basketball your favorite sport to win or is the general sort of mixture of sports? That um, you love? So, uh, I've, I've, uh, basketball and baseball, Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and then watching, watching American football, <laughs> but the sports that I played when I was younger were, were basketball and, and baseball. So, uh, so those are always the ones, those are the ones that I've coached, you know, because I, you know, I, I enjoy, I enjoy those. I think I find, I find that I actually enjoy teaching, uh, basketball, uh, more so than teaching baseball though. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, even though baseball was kind of my first, my first sport, I find that, uh, I, I enjoy I enjoy that interaction. I enjoy the, the, uh, activities, uh, around the basket, around basketball. So I'm glad my son, my son's, he's 12 years old and he's already about five, six. So, Damn, so we're hoping he keeps growing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's hit his growth spurt yet. So, uh, mm. you know, he's already wearing shoot word size 10 sneakers. So <laughs> nice. 12 years old. So, so hopefully, yeah. So hopefully he's, he, I, we think he's, he's picked the right path. He enjoys basketball. So, uh, you know, so we're thinking hopefully he's going to, he's going to get that growth gene and, uh, and be beyond my six foot size. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
Good I know the that. feeling because I'm five foot eleven, and my oldest son George is he's fifteen, coming up to fifteen in a month or so, and all of a sudden he's I think he's about up to here now on my forehead, and I'm thinking no, oh, he's he's going to pass me soon. It's quite surreal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's getting there. He's in the last in the last year he's got he's like caught up to my daughter who's five six, so and you know past my past my wife because she's only she's five three five four, so. Uh, you know, my oldest topped out at five, seven. Um, and so, so he's only got, only got a little way to, to pass him. So, and then, then there's, then there's me. So hopefully he, get, he gets beyond that. Cause I've been working on him on, uh, you know, on center and forward, uh, positioning and playing down <laughs> low and rebounding. Cause that was always what I was good at when I played basketball. So <laughs> I was never, never much of an outside shooter. So I'm like, don't shoot it from, you know, stay, stay in the key and shoot, stay in the box, <laughs> get rebounds and put them right up. That's, that's how you're going to score. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned American football there. Of course, this is the big time of year for, for football, isn't it? The Super Bowl will be coming up, I guess, in, in February normally, isn't it? Yeah. We got, yeah. So tomorrow is the last two games to decide the Super, you know, the semifinals to decide who's going to be in the Super Bowl. So, yeah. And then the Super mm -hmm. Bowl will be, I think two weeks from Sunday. Yep. Yeah, and what an event that is! I mean, it's it's it, it seems is, like it's yeah, all about right? the, the entertainment and the advertising space as much as it <laughs> is about the actual teams and the game these days, isn't it? <laughs> it is sometimes, sometimes, and sometimes, it, and sometimes it, it is the point if the game isn't if the game isn't competitive, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and finals of any sort of sport they quite often tend to be a, a little bit of a letdown. The the, the build up to getting the, to those last two teams in any tournament. Quite often, that final game can be a letdown. Sometimes, a bit of a. I've gotten myself away from the Super Bowl. Yeah, I've gotten myself away from watching all of the like six hours of pregame <laughs> in the Super Bowl. I kind of yeah. just leave it off until the game comes on because, yeah, mm. because all of that build up, you're just letting yourself up for <laughs> letting yourself up for a disappointment. <laughs> yeah. And one one final question on that, I guess you know, you mentioned that through your uh, early morning habits and things, you're you know, you're spending a lot of time talking to us us Brits and Europeans, has that translated to sports? Are you following any of the, I guess, European football? Is that, you know, or, or is that, uh, are you still an American football only guy? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry to disappoint. I've never been much of an American <laughs> football fan. Um, I, I know that that is contrary to the rest of the world, but uh, even, you know, I tried, you know, what we call, what we call soccer, uh, here. I, you know, tried to play it when I was younger and never just never gelled with me. I never was a big fan of it. Probably because, probably because my, I've always been, uh, been klutzy in the leg area. So <laughs> not much of a dancer either. So <laughs> yeah, but it, it's funny. I'll, uh, you and me both. Cause it's it, honestly, it's never something that's really interested me, but you know, it's, uh, it's so ingrained in British culture. You can't escape it. It is. Oh, it is. Yeah. I see, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is. I, see, I see the I see the Twitter feeds when when everybody when a big game when a big game's going on and <laughs> yeah. and everything. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, know nothing about it. I'm less bothered about it than I used to be, but purely because my team, Newcastle United, are not very good um, these days. And uh, when when I when I used to um, go and have a season ticket and go and watch the games back before I was married and had children and had money to spend on that sort of thing, I was quite lucky because we were Newcastle were quite a decent team in the sort of early to mid and late 90s, and we had a good, exciting run of, of playing some good stuff uh, with some good players and some good managers, but. I, I just 
lost all interest in it now, to be honest. But um, I think the the characters have gone out of the game. We used to have some really interesting characters, some colourful, colourful people like Vinnie Jones, who's well, an actor now. He's quite well known actor. Yeah, and, and that and that sort of been Paul Gascoigne and 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 the likes. But you, you tend not to get them now. But uh, yeah, I I I watch very little sports now. Yep. <laughs> yep, you and me both. So I, I guess you know we'll we'll wrap up doing and, and uh, well let you get to your to your to your kids training. Uh, is thanks for joining us. First of all, been really great to catch up with you. As far as uh, finding you online, where can folks connect with you, follow you, get you in social media? Yeah, well, so yeah, I got my Twitter handle on the screen. Uh, always active on Twitter and uh, and LinkedIn. You know, I don't get much into Facebook. Uh, I use I use Facebook really for the for the groups, <laughs> mostly around school and school. Yeah. And like I, I was telling my wife this week, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about deleting my Facebook app actually, just because the mm. the news feeds on politics and things like that are getting getting yes. too stressful on getting too stressful on me. So uh, you know, I used to use it you know with my daughter's theater stuff, you know, just to keep up on you know where auditions were and things like that. And now that she's in university, it doesn't. Uh, I don't need that anymore. So I'm like, what am I really using Facebook for? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's Twitter, it's Twitter, and then and LinkedIn. I'm always available on there. Always there mm-hmm. to answer questions if anybody has any questions about certifications and trainings and things like that. Speaking, uh, I've actually had a couple people ask you know ask me. Uh, you know, I have had a couple mentoring sessions with people that you know wanted to get some i you know get some thoughts around you know public speaking and you know you know how how to get through you know anxiety about speaking in front of others and you know mm-hmm. and especially you know in front of strangers and things like that mm-hmm. so so those are you know those are some things that I always kind of uh, welcome to talk about cool awesome. a little tip on your yeah. facebook account maybe don't disable it just yet because i disabled my facebook account probably about 6 or 7 years ago and when i published my first packet title um couple of years back now they said to me have you got a facebook account says yeah but it's deactivated well can you reactivate it because we like to get you to publicize your your title on as many platforms as possible so don't be too Uh, surprised if they ask you that (laughs) might be worth (laughs) keeping it around for a short time longer before you uh, (laughs) yeah before yeah i haven't haven't pulled the trigger on it yeah it's like Mm. yeah i never i never like built any friends on on facebook like said my my only my only friends on facebook are my wife and my daughter so (laughs) (laughs) you can promote it to them you can can promote it to them there you go so (laughs) (laughs) my wife told me last night she's not gonna be buying my book but (laughs) oh wow i know the feeling my my family my family are all very supportive of my writing and all very impressed and say lovely things about it but the minute i start talking to them about the content they they go into um very humorous jokey mode and start snoring basically Yeah, exactly, they think right. they think it's boring. It's it's not it's not their uh, cup of tea. Yeah, we need all, to we so. need to find out we need to find out how Carl Cook got his wife to just start ta- down technology, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Very good yeah. point. Very good how did, point. How did, that, how did that happen? How did that conversation start? Because because it's yeah, it sounds like sounds like Peter. Yeah, your your wife is just like mine. Yeah, it just kind of glazes over it and hears blah 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 mm-hmm. blah blah. As soon as you start talking yeah. anything uh, about cloud, yeah. no and word of a lie. Genuinely, 
there have been occasions where my wife could not sleep at night and she has asked me to talk in a soothing voice about Office 365. And it's actually worked. <laughs> and this is what I've done. I've done say, now go into the Office 365 admin center and click on exchange. In there you'll see users. And I've sent her to sleep doing that. No, oh, whatever like. <laughs> Different talk about different things, different bedroom talk, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's uh, a peek behind the curtain in uh, in in my house. <laughs> and on that note, uh... on that note, on that bombshell. <laughs> yeah, Dwayne, thank so, you so much for joining us. It's always lovely to talk to you. I'm, I'm sure we'll see you um, again. On, on you're always welcome back on the show and at the user groups that that, that we do um you're a you're a mainstay in the uk as you've said and uh, you're very very welcome but thank you for giving us your time today um rue any closing thoughts uh no like like i said really nice to finally catch up with you you know if you get anything else you need to promote you work on even more books give us a shout we'd love to have you back on and talk about those as well love to love to yeah maybe yeah maybe uh maybe i'd love to be back on um we we kind of because of my video issues and things we didn't talk about azure back to school uh, deeply, but I'd love to get hmm. uh, when when we get closer to the summertime. Uh, yes, you know, absolutely. Talk, talk more about the Azure Back to School event that uh, when that comes a little bit closer. But I really appreciate you guys uh, having me on 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 the show. Uh, so you know, pleasure to be here. Glad to finally uh, finally get get on here and again, yeah, chat it up with you guys. Oh, it's a great pleasure. Thank you all for watching and listening. Please do remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Cloud Conversations. You can find us on Twitter at CloudCons365. And if you hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube, that really helps the channel grow so much, um, which we always appreciate. So thank you so much. I think we've lost Dwayne, so we'll say goodbye on his behalf. And uh, you all take care. We'll see you the next time on Cloud Conversations. Bye-bye. Cheers, everyone. Bye.